Welcome to episode 49 of the Chewing Your Boot podcast, and as you've seen in the title, we have a substantial guest today as we bring you Gavin Wanganine. There's a plethora of superlatives to describe Gavin as a player, and some of his honours include 300 AFL games, the 1993 Brownlow medal, two premierships, and of course, being a member of the prestigious AFL Hall of Fame. It's one of our most enjoyable chats so far, and we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Before we get into another episode of the podcast, we'd like to remind you that this one is proudly sponsored by Kremlin. You can use the code BENM10, all in caps, for 10% off on all your clothing needs, so make sure you get onto that. Gavin, welcome to the Chew In Your Boot podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Absolute pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. We'd like to get a bit of background about our guests, so take us to your childhood. You were born in Mount Gambier, and tell us a little bit about your early life and your family. Yes, yeah, so whilst I was born in, in Mount Gambier, I can't really remember um, too much of that because um, my mum's from Port Lincoln, my dad's from Mount Gambier, and I think mum didn't really like it there, so we, we, we moved straight back to Port Lincoln, which is in the regional area of South Australia, probably... I don't know, I might have been eight months of age, so I can't really remember too much about Gambia, although I have some ties there. And um, stayed in Lincoln until I was five, and then we moved, well, four and a half, five, and then moved to Adelaide. Um, and mum is originally from, her family originally from Sejuna, which is uh, close to heading towards the Western Australian border along the coast there. Um, but her family moved to Portland because there's more work. So on my side, so my mum's my mom's side, um, she's an Aboriginal lady from the West Coast. Uh, dad's uh, of Australian background, but English and Scottish. So, um, but um, yeah, so that's a bit about my uh, my roots. And um, grew up in the northern suburbs of Adelaide from five to well, 17, I guess, five to 17. Then I moved to Melbourne when I was a 17-year-old to, to play with the Mighty Bombers. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And where did you get your first taste of football from? I think it was probably in the backyard around five or six years of age because, you know, there was generally just one footy. We weren't too many footies around and we had a big family and extended family and. Sometimes the neighbours would get involved or we'd go over and play footy with them and there were so many kids and, you know, so little footies or just the one footy. So you had to really fight for that, that one possession or get, get your hands on that one football. So I'm, I'm a big believer that, yeah, I, I learnt a lot of it in the backyard, just competing with bigger, older boys. And as a youngster and fighting for that one footy, you wanted to kick, you had to really work hard for it. So, yeah, I, I'm, I believe that. Yeah. Um, and you joined Port Adelaide Sandful team as a 14-year-old. Was this a time when you knew that you could, you probably had the potential to go pretty far with your footy? Yeah, I think, yeah, probably when I hit, yeah, probably under 14s, I started making those sort of rep sides, um, I guess, and um, and did all the the Port Adelaide Magpies um, development squad teams every year, so 14s, 15s. Um, then 17 so um, yeah that sort of started giving me a little bit of confidence and thought that well, okay well yeah maybe footies if I work hard enough it's um, it, it'll be a, could be a career and that, I guess that's what I wanted to do that was my dream so I think my earliest um, 
what do you call it? Is it the word epiphany? Is that right? One when it sort of wakes you up and you realise something. Um, uh, it was, I was watching a Port Adelaide and Norwood game in this NFL. It was on television. And I was about nine or ten years old. And I said to myself, yep, I want to play on television like those guys. So I guess it sort of stemmed from, from there as well. And you mentioned the Sandville. You made your senior debut at 16, when at the time this was the highest level of footy in South Australia, and you won Rookie of the Year and the Premiership in your first year. It must have been a pretty pleasing way to start off a career. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a, quite a bit of a dream, actually, because, I mean, to be so young, you know, playing my first senior game against, you know, big men. And the SNFL was pretty strong back then because there was no AFL side, so it was probably the the next competition down from the VFL in terms of standards uh, probably wasn't too far off, um, you know, especially some of the top teams. But, um, yeah, it was a pretty tough league. And, yeah, it was uh, pretty awesome to, to play in a premiership in that's my very first year. And I, I think I did all right with kicking goals. I think, oh, how many goals I kicked? Was it 40-odd goals as well? Yeah, 42, I think. Oh, 42, there we go. It's not bad for a 16-and-a-half-year-old fella running around so against the big boys. So it was a bit of a dream come true, that's for sure. And you were picked up by Essendon with pick 12. I can imagine this was a dream come true to make an AFL list for you. And how did you face the prospect of moving away from home? <clears throat> yeah, I knew it would come, um, that I'd have to make a decision to, to move to Melbourne. but And I wanted to... I wanted to do that because I wanted to play in the best league and that was in, in, in the VFL in, in Melbourne. So I knew it was going to happen and I was happy to do it, to be honest with you. I'm very happy and it was an easy decision and I just couldn't wait to get there and and, and taste what, you know, VF, I guess my first year was the first year of the AFL. So, you know, all VFL, AFL footy. I just wanted to, I wanted to taste it and, um, uh, you know, see see what I've got against the, the best in the business and I had that... Um, that confidence in myself that, yeah, whilst I'm only young, I can still, you know, have, you know, little gl- glimpses of impacts um, uh, initially from the start and then grow very quickly um, into, a, you know, a young man competing um, at high standard. And so it was, um, yeah, it was great. It was great to uh, be, you know, drafted by the Bombers as well. And, you know, yeah. And you had you had an immediate impact at the club, obviously winning the 93 flag with the Baby Bombers, as you were dubbed. How pleasing was it to taste the ultimate success so early in your AFL career? Yeah, it was you know, those first three years. Uh, so 91 went faster than 92. I started to really hit my straps and, you know, made All-Australian as a, you know, 19-year-old. Um, um, and then 93 um, had, had a ripper of a year and, uh, you know, to win the Brownlow and then, um, playing a premiership that week as the baby uh, with the the baby bombers group, uh, it was pretty famous um, premiership side because we were so young, um, had heaps of youngsters just playing through that year and and winning winning a big one when we probably um, weren't expected to win the grand final uh, from the beginning of the year, even probably mid part of the season we probably weren't uh, expected, but yeah, it was truly an amazing time uh, that year. Um, and, you know, the, the six years that I played at Essendon, were, I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking about it, but you might have more questions about that. So, <laughs> Well, I was going to touch on, yeah, that move to the back line. Obviously, you probably didn't have the impact up forward as much as you would have liked earlier in your career, but Sheeds obviously moved you to the back line. How did you take on this role? Yeah, that's it. So, 
it was on the first year at Essendon playing as a 17-year-old. I, I just played as a half-forward. Um, I remember actually playing in the centre down at Moorabbin against, you know, St. Kilda, full house in, uh, in, against St. In, at Moorabbin in, in front of a full house um, against St. Kilda. So I actually played in the centre all game and had a ripper of a game. So, um, you know, it was a reasonable debut, I think. I don't know, was I close to Rook of the Year or second or something like that? And one, one of those sort of awards. But um, it was the start of that second uh uh, season, I guess I was getting you know smashed around a bit. Some of the bigger halfbacks and defenders were really you know tagging me hard or, or you know giving me close attention. And I think um, she sort of thought that well, it might be time just to free him up a bit and gave me a go in defence. He thought that I could you know be uh, freed up a bit and learn to play a def- attacking defensive role, and that's exactly what I did. So I just went back there and I'd never really played there before and. Just thought, yeah, okay, I'm free here. Yeah, I'm just going to get hold of that footy, run it out, take them on, catch me if you can. That was my um, my mentality. And I, I pretty much yeah, started to play that way as a very attacking you know, defender that was um, running down, trying to kick goals, flying for my marks, taking them on. Um, yeah, so I'm really proud that you know I was able to sort of maybe uh, have a bit of an influence on how you know attacking defenders you know, have gone about their business in, in recent times. And in that premiership year, personally, you had a standout season, winning the Brownlow medal in the same year. At 20 years of age, must have been a surreal feeling to be recognised for your um, efforts so early on. Yeah, it was. And you, you're just so young, like, you know, 19 or 20, turning, and been 20 for long. So a young, you know, 20 year old, um, it was a bit of a surreal feeling and didn't really know how to soak it all in at that age you just don't know don't know how to fully soak it in I don't believe so win that premiership and it wasn't until I got a fair bit you know until I retired from football actually that I really um appreciated or understood and um, the yeah the achievement of it so just when you're younger you just don't appreciate things as much as you get older you really you know things start to soak in on how how important things are and there was a lot of talk about Matty Rao before he got injured about his potential to win the Brownlow. Um, what are your thoughts on him? And do you think anyone will ever win it as younger than or young young as you did? Uh, it'd be a hard task. <laughs> but look, he was um, absolutely flying. He would have. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get nine votes within those first five, four or five games that he played. So who knows how it, how it would have panned out for him? But um, yeah, he's certainly did make uh, one of the most, you know, unique sort of starts to, to an AFL season, um, you know, probably ever. So, um, all right up there anyway. It's a shame he got got injured, the young fella. Yeah, definitely. And during this period of the early 90s, you're also a big part of South Australia's team. Can you give us an insight into the state versus state rivalries and the fierce nature of these matches? Oh, yeah, they're, they're huge. So, 92, I played my first State of Origin game against Victoria. We played them in Adelaide, and I think we just beat them. Uh, the, you know, the big V, Vic team's always pretty strong and dominant. Um, and then 93 came around, and we played them at the NCG on their home soil, and I think we had another win. So, um, the rivalry was huge. It was huge, and going back many, many years. And I remember watching it as a youngster, the big V uh, and SA uh, clashes, um, state of origin. So 
for me to be able to play it, you know. So I think I played up playing state uh, eight state games overall, and it was yeah, it was marvelous experience. And it's a shame that you know we we can't get that back up and running because I I still think that it, it, the supporters would just eat it up and just be so so into it. And you continue with the Bombers for three more seasons before leaving them in 1996 to go join the, the Power. How tough a decision was this? Yeah, it was certainly a very tough decision. Um, six one-off years with Essendon, made a name for myself, um, 127 games, Premiership, you know, Brownlow, three All-Australians. Pretty much grew up as a young boy from a 17-year-old into a 23-year-old. Just years, uh, those sort of years you just never, ever forget because they're your maturing years um, and, spread, and, and experiencing so many, you know, things for the first time in your life. So just, you know, some of the best experiences I've ever had and hold, um, you know, there's some footy club, you know, really close. Still got red and black blood in me. Um, and I guess it just came back down to, it was a tough decision to make as a 23-year-old. I mean, it's one of those things that being a South Australian boy, a Port Adelaide boy, their first year, do I, don't I, should I, shouldn't I? You know, you just sort of imagine what was going through my mind. And um, just in there, and I just felt that maybe I should. I'd won a premiership. I'd had success at Essendon. Um, Maybe it would be nice to go and play footy uh, back back in Adelaide in my home state. So, yeah, that happened, and I felt really bad for mm. it because I felt like I, you know, let Essendon down and all the supporters. But just one of those things. But I still got great memories at the Essendon Footy Club, and like I said, I still got plenty of red and black blood in me, and you know, I love the club. And you became the Powers inaugural captain, which must have been a great honour. And did you always see yourself as a leader, and did you aspire to captain a football club? Yeah, it's funny, you know, I'd never aspired to captain a footy club. Um, and being a new uh, team in the AFL, we were a young squad and I was you know, only 23 years of age, but I played the most games out of anyone. So I think um, it was just one of those things where, because I had 127 games at my sleeve, it was, you know, I was experienced or... Um, you know, senior type player who really played finals. Um, it was just, yeah, I thought, well, yeah, I'll give this a go. And I, my style was to, to play, uh, lead by example. Um, wasn't overly, you know, chirpy. Um, I felt I, I, my one-on-one relationships were really good. And the way I played the brand of footy was hard, you know, do what I do. You know, type thing, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed the four years of of the captaincy. But unfortunately, I, I experienced a lot of injuries during those four years, and I just couldn't string um, you know a full season together. So it was probably time to say, well, okay, it's someone else's turn. And um, and I played the, the remaining six years, um, you know, um, without that pressure on me. So um, yeah, it was a unique experience. So I really enjoyed it, and um, it was a, a shame that I got those injuries I guess but it, it was just turned out really well because you know I went on to play some pretty good footy after that. And you mentioned the injuries and having to give up the captaincy can you give us an insight into how tough this period was for you both on and off the field? Yeah look there were, I mean our first year you know in, in, uh, in the AFL we won I think it was 10 and a half games so imagine you know 
the GWSs and the Gold Coast of you know in their first and second year, like they were struggling to win three three games, three yeah. or four games. So we'd won ten and a half, and we we'd missed out in finals by a percentage. So it was that was a pretty success, successful season, but maybe we we're, were travelling well on the adrenaline uh, and all those uh, emotional um, things, which can help. You can sort of, you know, get a bit of roll on and, and play well. But it, we probably came back to, down to earth a little bit when uh, I think it might have been, yeah, maybe 90, 98 and 99. We sort of went down near the bottom. I think we got down, down to fourth or fourth bottom. But then we came quickly came up and we had that rise. So it was only a, a year or two of pain, um, not sustained years of pain. So we were quite lucky in that regard. Yeah, definitely. And 2003 was a very successful year for both you and the club. You finished on top of the ladder and unfortunately went down in the prelim. Yourself, you finished second in the Brownlow. Did this, I suppose, drive the hunger to win a flag, which you obviously did the next year, which we'll touch on very soon? Yeah, it was my best season in the AFL as a 30-year-old. So, um, and, you know, going into the into the night as one of the, you know, pre, pre-favourites for the Brownlow was, yeah, it was... Um, interesting night to miss out by one vote and um, that's just the way it goes so, but I was really proud of the season that I had as an older sort of statesman and um, yeah definitely wanted to get something out of the year the following year we sort of won a lot of games those you know from was it uh, 2001 2002 you know 2003 we won more games than any other team but we just couldn't put it together in, in um, September so 04 was our year so like we just had to put it together and had to win a premiership. So just one of those years that we were we were hardened, I guess, in a way, and we were ready. We were pretty experienced. It's a good blend of younger players. And, you know, we just went all out attack on grand final day and uh, we, we got the reward, which is that, that Lucy premiership. <laughs> and in that, grand, first ever. Yeah, in that grand final, you've just mentioned you kicked four goals yourself. And how do you compare this to the 93 premiership with Essendon? Yeah, it's a good question. They're both very special to me. Very both uh, unique premierships. Um, you know, one was at the very you know beginning of my, my career. I didn't know how to appreciate it as much more uh, as much. And and but the the latter one with Port Adelaide, I I just knew how to appreciate it so much more. But they're both of equal um, importance. It's just that I I probably appreciated the second one so much more due to, to due to my age and. Um, just knowing how hard it is to win a premiership uh, in the AFL um, is um, yeah truly um, yeah amazing feeling to get one right at the end of my career. So it was you know ten years later, ten ten years in between drinks uh, for premierships. And a couple of years on in your final season, you played your three hundredth game, becoming the first Aboriginal to do so. You must, it must have been a pretty fulfilling achievement for a number of reasons. Yeah, definitely. And you know, like. <coughs> When I found out on the on the night, and um, it was yeah pretty pretty special, and you know see my my mum and her her brothers who were you know gun Indigenous footballers, you know Aboriginal footballers over in the West Coast. I really felt proud, you know, and having that connection, and um, you know growing up though as a light skinned Aboriginal person, a lot of people didn't even realise I was Aboriginal, you know, and I've got brothers and sisters who are you know um, you know a lot darker than me and, and more noticeably darker. So I sort of under the radar a little bit, you know, in terms of my originality. 
but I was lucky that I had that connection or as a young kid and seeing a bit of culture on my mum's side, which is really special. So, but yeah, to definitely be the first Indigenous um, player representing, you know, my people from over on the West Coast of South Australia. Every time I go back over that way, yeah, they always remind me about it. So it's, it's pretty special, that's for sure. And you finished your stellar career with a plethora of awards and achievements, none bigger than being inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame. How special was this a night for you? Yeah, that's that's a huge yeah. That's that's right up there. It's like another premiership in a way because uh, not many people, you know, players, you know, get that uh, have you know the opportunity to be inducted into AFL Hall of Fame. It's a pretty elite um, um, you know, list, and um, that's something I'm really proud of, and um, feel very privileged to to have been able to uh, or to be given the opportunity to play AFL footy from you know by Essendon. Um, yeah, and then Port Adelaide, um, and then you know through the AFL, you know it's sort of been a huge part of my life. So it's almost like um, I don't know the um, the icing on the cake, I guess the full stop. Um, um, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones, I guess, along with the other Hall of Famers who get to have that you know full stop uh, at the end. Definitely, that stamp, and post that stamp. Yeah. And post footy, you've undertaken many roles, namely your art. Can you take us through that and where your passion for this developed? Yeah, look, it came. Uh, it was just a competition amongst the, the um, Aboriginal boys at Port Adelaide. I think it was my last year of footy. We we're just talking about Aboriginal art. We all decided, oh, well, let's all do one each, and we'll get the rest of the team to, to pick the best Indigenous painting. So I went away and did it, and it all started from started from there. And um, then when footy finished, I. Um, sort of drifted a bit, I guess, trying to transition out of footy into the real world and finding out what's you know what's next for me as a as a journey or a purpose. And yeah, and arts just started to grow a bit. And um, my wife Pippa encouraged me to to finish a, a particular painting that I started a long time ago. So um, I decided to finish it, and yeah, it, it looked okay. It looked pretty good, and I just kept going with it. And um, yeah, I'm a ex-professional footballer turned professional artist. So I don't know how many of those there are and <laughs> I'm really enjoying that, that journey and I'm really busy as an artist and it's really um, started to take off Australia-wide. So it's something I'm really proud of and love my painting. So I'll continue to, 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 to yeah, keep painting. That's fantastic. And your son, Tex, he's doing pretty well with his footy and looking like he um, could go pretty far. How much of an influence do you have on his footy do you prefer to sort of sit back and let him do his own thing or does he come to you for a lot of advice and that sort of thing oh he probably doesn't come to me for much <laughs> but um yeah look you know i try and just encourage him to try and um, develop some good habits around training intensities and uh, and gym work um which would you know if he wants to play footy well they're the things that are going to put him in good stead and give him an opportunity to to, to get drafted. So um, it's a shame that, you know, this year in Melbourne, he didn't get an opportunity to play school footy or play with Oakley because he made the squad out there, even though he's a bottom ender, bottom major. Um, so, um, yeah, I look just, I'll just encourage him. And if he, you know, uh, wants some support, I'm sure I can give him some really good support along the way, but I don't want to be throwing it down his throat too much because I just want him to be himself and, um, he, unfortunately he's going to have that pressure on him because of the surname you know so people are going to um, put pressure on him and <coughs> I just want him to understand and know that 
there's more to life than footy, you know. Um, it's a great game, but there's plenty of other careers that you can have out there and, and your happiness is, is the most important thing. So, But if footy is something, if, it's, if it is his passion and he really wants to do it, yeah, he can, he, he's lucky that he can, he's able to t- uh, tap into me. So, um, And obviously, you know, next year is his draft year and um, he's looking forward to playing school footy um, in, in Oakley next year. So, But yeah, you feel for all the Victorian girls who didn't get to play any footy this year over there. So I guess um, they're just going to have to train really hard over the summer, footy around, try and play some... Do they play, um, what is it, uh, eight-a-side games over the summer or something, leagues and all that? They've, I don't know if they do, but, yeah, they're probably just going to have to, um, you know, work on their skills and uh, to try and make up for the, lot, you know, the year they'd lost in footy this year. So, um, yeah, he'll, he'll be getting stuck in it over the summer, that's for sure. And does he have a preference? He's obviously eligible for the father-son for both clubs. Does he have a tendency to <laughs> power all the Bombers? Look, he, he loves both teams and um, he's in Melbourne at the moment. So, and, uh, Xavier, and he'll do the Essendon Father-Son Academy stuff. Um, well, that won't be on until next year. Uh, so, um, yeah, look, whatever he you know, wants to do, I, I don't know where he's going to end up. But um, if he, you know, if he wants to work hard and become a bit of a, you know, a beast with his body and, and, and mind and his attitude towards a professional career and, Whoever he chooses, I can't go wrong, really. So I had a great career at both clubs. So, <laughs> And you're still, yeah. you're still connected with Port. Um, can you take us in, inside your role with them? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm on the board um, as, a, as a director of, of the footy club. I'm in my second year. Um, yeah, so I play a, a close role in, um, in the football committee. So just advising uh, around matters in, in football, um, all, all parts of our, our footy program. And, you know, so just using my experience uh, over the years, um, which is, uh, yeah, pretty important. And so, but it's been a really good experience because I get to see, you know, other, other guys on the board and girls who bring different things to the table, like, you know, their accounting, their governance, their, their business, um, um, and and other skills which um, the club need to, uh, you know, have that direction, I guess, and, and leadership. So, but I, but I play my role on the footy side of things. So, which is which is it's great for me because, and it's easy for me because I understand footy, you know. But I also get to learn about other aspects uh, of the business because footy is a business at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, it's been really um, interesting process and something I've really enjoyed. Well, Gavin, that's all we've got for you. We can't thank you enough for your time. We congratulate you on all you've achieved in your career and life so far. And you've obviously still got a long way to go if you're right. So thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Absolute pleasure, guys. Love it. And uh, well done on your questions and, uh, yeah, the good flow. So, yeah, all the best with, the, with your show, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. That wraps us up for another episode of the podcast. Obviously, massive thanks to Gavin for giving up his time to have a chat with us. Big thanks to Alex Smith for helping us get Gavin on. Much appreciated, Mr. Smith. Episode 50 next week is going to be a big one, so stay tuned for that, and thanks for listening, as always. <laughs>